I can hear when someone will do a, a sales pitch for me. I can hear when they think they are bothering me. I can hear when they think they're not going to invest this much money. It is literally a sound. And those sounds are going into the subconscious of their buyer. All of this is going down subconsciously. And their buyer is hearing, I don't think you're going to buy. And the buyer subconscious says, yeah, I don't think we're going to buy. So we have now foreshadowed what we don't want. So all those insecurities, all those voice stories, all those things that we have to deal with internally are creating sounds that are telling our buyer not to buy. Welcome to the Elizabeth Yang Show, where we explore the benefits of diverse leaders expanding your brand authority online to create massive impact and happy sales. Now, let's dive in because your legendary life is waiting. Hi there, this is Elizabeth Yang. Super excited to share with you a guest today, Tracy Goodwin. She is joining me here on the Elizabeth Yang Show, where we want you to stop being the best kept secret in your local town and start stepping up your visibility, your sales, your wild success online. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited about our conversation. I had an opportunity to get to know Tracy through a mutual coach of ours. And Tracy, before we dive in, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? You have such an amazing background. I'm so fascinated by it. I'm a voice coach, although everybody says don't call yourself a voice coach because you're not doing typical voice coaching. But I have been in the voice research coaching space for over 35 years. I have a company called Captivate the Room, and I work with people from all walks of life, from celebrities to Supreme Court justices to six, seven, and eight-figure entrepreneurs, professionals, because everybody has a voice. And I approach voice from the inside out. I know we're going to dive into the concept of psychology of the voice, but that is the work that I do. I think when most people hear about a voice coach, they either think you're a vocal coach right? Like singers, or they're thinking, oh, do I work with her if I'm getting ready for like public speaking? But you actually do something that's really unique. I mean, this is at the core of who the person is, right? This is such a wonderful question. And thank you for asking it because there's this concept that, oh, I'm a voice coach. And I think this is why my former students say, don't call yourself a voice coach. We think of, oh, I'm in choir or, oh, I sing or public speaking, being an actor, being a podcaster, something like that. And yes, all of that is real, but I really look at the psychology of the voice. I want to find out what is happening internally that is creating sounds that are actually costing you what you want. And then approaching voice from how are you being processed in the subconscious of the listener? That's my superpower. And that's the body of work. So it's, you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth, a lot of times people have said, is this therapy or voice? Because (laughs) it feels it feels a little bit like that. But it is truly the subconscious protecting us, creating barriers around our voice. That is the work I do, taking away all those layers so people can really show up. Your show is all about showing up and being visible and making an impact. That's very in alignment with the work that I do here. I love that. And I know that you and I are both very passionate about self-worth 
Um, you you take that angle through the voice. I take it through the mindset and embodiment for confidence and sales. You've said that a focus on your voice or a lack of focus on your voice often leaves money on the table in terms of sales. We're talking about leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs. What do you actually mean by that? What have you found to be true about voice and sales and leadership and visibility online when it comes to your voice? There's a couple of things I want to touch on here. One of the biggest things that I see happening in sales, literally, remember, I am working from what is, there are so many factors internally that are actually creating external sounds. And we don't think about it this way. We think about, well, pause, well, speed up. Well, that will not stick unless we look at why you're not pausing, why you're not slowing down. So when it comes to sales, I see people do a lot of things like foreshadow what they don't want. A perfect example is I can hear when someone will do a a sales pitch for me, I can hear when they think they are bothering me. I can hear when they think they're not going to invest this much money. It is literally a sound. And those sounds are going into the subconscious of their buyer. All of this is going down subconsciously. And their buyer is hearing, I don't think you're going to buy. And the buyer's subconscious says, yeah, I don't think we're going to buy. So we have now foreshadowed what we don't want. So all those insecurities, all those voice stories, all those things that we have to deal with internally are creating sounds that are telling our buyer not to buy. But then we've also got, we're afraid to play all of our notes. People are not playing all of the notes. And I'm a researcher. One of my research studies literally determined that buyers are seeking specific sounds that represent the experience they want to have, yet we struggle to deliver them because they may not like us. Our real voice is buried down underneath layers of stories that we've bought into. So those are two huge things that will affect sales. And the tragedy around it, for me, is the number of stories I could tell you about people I worked with that said, I'm struggling, they're not buying. And it was a sound in their voice that was misrepresenting who they really were. And the buyer wanted to hear that sound, but my seller was not giving it to them. Huge. That is huge because I know from a sales coach perspective, one of my biggest principles is that we have to sell with conviction. We have Mm -hmm. to first be able to sell ourselves on the fact that we, the expert, have the best solution out there. And we have to be detached, meaning whether they say yes or no, we still have to believe with conviction that what we're doing changes lives, that maybe perhaps this person is just not yet ready. But that conviction, I often say that conviction in your voice is so important in the sales conversations because People often say to me, Elizabeth, you come across really confident. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just really full of conviction. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what people experience is on the Mm -hmm. other side. They're like, she's so confident. And on the inside, I'm like, I'm really not that confident in your eyes. I'm not that high of a level of confidence. But I have a lot of conviction. 
And that's absolutely what we're talking about here. And I would label that vocal buy-in. You are, see, we don't know the backstory. We don't know that you're not, calm. people don't know that I'm horrifically shy. Yeah. Because I'm not bought into that. So we could take your example right there and we could say you are vocally bought into conviction. That buyer hears that. But what if you were vocally bought into, I don't know if they're going to buy. Now that sound dramatically changes and they go, well, is this, is this just she, is she, is this a good product? Is she like, does she know? That's what is happening in their brain. And so buyers have gotten so sophisticated. I believe that sound has always played into things, but I, the data that I'm tracking right now shows me more than ever, the sound needs to be in alignment. So when you talk about conviction in your voice, that's truly a sound that's in alignment. Maybe not with, like you say, maybe I'm not 100% confident, but there is a conviction about your work. 100%. And <laughs> you and I are both very passionate about self-worth. And I would love to get your take on this from a voice perspective, because oftentimes when I'm working with my clients, they often come to me with, Elizabeth, I want more leads. I want more sales organically on social media. Help, give me the strategy. And I often say, well, before I can give you the strategy, I have to prime your mindset and your alignment. And a lot of that mindset work is really built around your self-worth. And I know through my work, you and I have talked about this, that if I can help a person feel worthier, then they feel more confident, then I hand them over the strategy and they're able to close, you know, $3,000 or $20,000, $25,000 in sales their first, second, third time, never selling anything before. So I have found there isn't an incremental linear growth to like selling. It all has to do with the growth you're willing to do inside of you with your self-worth because that internal work somehow then starts to make you feel more confident. And when you feel more confident, it's a lot more seamless to execute on the doing in a strategy, right? And so that's what I found to be true through my work with clients. And what have you found to be true being a voice coach, looking at self-worth and just really how voice plays a factor into a person's worthiness in that opportunity, that sale, that showing up, that leadership, whatever it is that they desire for themselves. Yeah. I believe the more I do this work, the concept that I teach, the more research that I do, it is glaring that all roads and voice lead to worth. And one of the ways this manifests the most is something I call voice masks. And this is the biggest part of the problem. When we throw out the word authenticity, we first of all don't always know what, okay, how, what does that even mean? But we struggle to authentically show up vocally and people are deciding who we are by what they hear in our voice. Science has proven that. But because I have a lack of worth around making money, because I have a lack of worth of who am I to show up and really be good at what I do, all of this stuff around my worthiness, well, what's the go-to for the subconscious in relation to voice? Well, let's just pile on some pretend. So now I'll just put on a needing to prove or arrogance. 
And now I'm covering up that wound of, of unworthiness. And now you don't get to see who I really am because, or a professional mask, or the biggest one is people pleasing. And I, I worked with a gal, she was losing million dollar deals, Elizabeth, because she was putting on a people pleasing mask because she felt like there is no way they're going to accept me as I am. I am passionate. She was like us. I am passionate. I am intense. Well, that's not any good. So that, see, that was a worthiness thing. And so she would go into these sales calls and she was like us, just really on fire. And she would deliver the information like this because surely I can't be who I really am. And they were literally telling her, it would get down to her and somebody else. They were saying, well, we really need somebody passionate for this project. She was the most passionate person I'd ever known. But subconsciously, but, her tone of voice was dialed you, out. Yeah, because that's not good. That's not good enough. That's not worth, you're not, you know, you have no worth. So just be what they want you to be because they have more worth than you. That's This that's is such a great example that brings into mind when I was still in corporate, Tracy, when you might have a male executive who's clearly very upset. He's yelling on the phone and he's upset about something, a deadline or whatever. And he's his voice is totally angry. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And at the end of the call, it would be like, he's just very passionate about it, right? Mm -hmm. But a woman executive speaking like that, after the call, she didn't necessarily get that she's just really passionate about it. It was like, wow, she's so emotional, mm -hmm. pissed, and she's just overly emotional right now. We just need to let her calm down. Like, yeah. it was literally that. And I remember when I was in corporate thinking, I mean, we're talking about gender differences here, but the delivery of the voice was expressed in anger, disappointment. I'm upset. But then you have that voice mask and then you have the interpretation of receiving that, right? So like for the client that you had worked with, I mean, it's all of that conditioning all those years that with her stepping into a room like that with sales, she probably didn't even realize that that was no. really what was holding her back subconsciously. No. Or, and, and you're absolutely right. And there are societal implications on women's voices and societal implications on men's voices. And those are in us, whether we're aware of it or not. I, I think so much of this is going down subconsciously. Women are given two choices. You're nice or you're the B word. <laughs> and, and that's what society says. But men have them too. You know, there was a man who was losing deals. He came, he said, I, I think I'm losing, I'm repelling potential clients. And I said, you are. He said, how do you know? I said, what are you trying to prove? Well, if we traced it all the way back, and this is that internal work that you and I love so much, he sounded like he was trying to prove something, which was a repellent in his buyer subconscious. He was actually just playing out the story that he had spent his whole life trying to prove his worth to his father. And there it was, costing him sales. Yeah. So with this level of awareness, what are some things that people can do if they're watching or listening to this to really just become more self-aware of their voice and how it's impacting their sales? What are some perhaps advice or tips or ways that folks can become more self-aware 
and and really self-identifying like, wow, maybe it's really the tone of my voice. Any tips or advice for those that are watching, listening here for that, Tracy? Yes, it's a hundred percent from a even from a vibrational standpoint, what I hear determines if I will listen to the words. And yet we're we're raised in a world where get the words right, get the words right, get the words right. Well, there's one tip right there. Trust that you have the words right. Because if you are trying to get the words right, you're going to be up in your head and your sound will do this. Well, I yeah, I can't connect. I don't know who you are. And connection is the number one thing people are seeking right now, according to my research. Yeah. So we, sorry, part of your no about the power of the voice that it's really the power of the voice is what creates trust, right? Yes. So, yeah, trust, connection, authenticity, all of that is found in the voice in sounds of your voice. So. We've got to start trusting that we have it right. In fact, the second thing that I want to get, well, let me say something about being aware. I want you to be aware, but I don't want you to pay attention to what you hear. And here's why. Because the subconscious number one goal is to protect your heart. Your voice is the utmost place of judgment. And your subconscious, if you go to listening, will not allow you to hear. I want you to start feeling and reframing. And, and so one of these things is, I'm going to trust that I know. I've got experts all over the world. They know. Even, well, let me just, uh, just side rail for just a minute because I think your audience will appreciate this story. A young man that I worked with, he was in sales and he was so terrified he wasn't going to know all the things. I'm not, they may ask me a question I don't know the answer to. He was new in business. And so he was putting on all these voice masks, trying to come across like he knew when he didn't. And I put him into his vocal superpower, which was likability. And he started booking six-figure contracts because now he was authentic. He wasn't worried about, well, I don't know all the answers to all the things. And they might ask me this and I don't know. He was just being likable. And they were receiving that and going, I like him. I really like him. So this is a springboard into the next tactic that I want to say, which is, is very different than what the world tells us, which is stop deciding what we're thinking. We are trained to read the room. And I'm not saying don't read the room, but I'm saying you can't continue to read the room the way you're reading it because you're looking at their face. Here's another story. A woman that I worked with was doing sales calls, and she was looking at the face of the person. One woman in particular was making this scrunchy, I'm angry face. My girl altered her whole delivery, and we discovered what the woman was thinking was not what my girl was thinking. My girl was thinking, she hates me, she's not going to buy anything. That woman was thinking, I don't know what I have to do to come up with the money to hire this woman, but I'm going to find it. A big part of sales strategy is to mirror, to mirror yes. your product, right? Yes. Facial gestures or hand gestures or body gestures, even voice gesture or voice mm -hmm. tonality as well, too. And I go against the grain of that. It's not that I'm saying don't do it, but I'm saying look at it from an aware I'm observing. 
But if I, if I, let's say you had really low vocal energy, you and I have both have really high vocal energy, but let's say you had really low vocal energy and I do the rest of the call like this. Am I really authentically being me? Or is there now a barrier because I'm trying to match, not saying I can't turn the dial up and down a little bit, but at the core, I have to give you me. What I'm hearing from you is that to truly, truly get through other people's own voice mask, mm -hmm. we have mm -hmm. to find for ourselves our superpower and our true authentic voice. Like that's the only way that's going to penetrate through to the subconscious level of the other person. Because if we have voice mask, odds are they also have their own voice mask at the subconscious level too, is what I'm hearing. That's right. I'm working through my wounds. You're working through your wounds. You're listening for sounds. I'm listening for sounds that will ultimately keep me safe and tell me you are the one I have to pick. You are the one. Yeah, and I love how we're unpacking this because I think most people will say things when their spidey senses start kind of like waving in the air and saying, gosh, that person just, I don't know, there's something about him or her that's just is off or mm -hmm. wow, that person is just sounds really fake. They can't quite pinpoint what it is, but they're just like, I just don't know what it is about that person. But my spidey senses are telling me, I don't know about this person. And I think, like you said, it's it's literally the voice. And it's just like that whole combination of what we like to call first impressions, right? It, you, you nailed it. You articulated that beautifully. And even from a buyer's perspective, I've talked a lot of examples from a coach's perspective, but I will give examples all day long about, I went to buy this thing. I could hear no time for idiocracy in this man's voice. It was not the experience I wanted to have because if I was going to spend thousands of dollars on that thing, I did not want to be hearing that blog that I cannot ask any questions because he doesn't have time for it. So I didn't buy that thing. And I think we it can must all be hard to be a voice coach because this is like your sixth sense superpower. <laughs> if people say, I joke, Elizabeth, I say, I say, one, I don't have a lot of friends because people are always like, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing me do? I literally hear voices and I am the best party game. Literally. Tracy <laughs> is what you bring as part of the icebreaker. That's what you bring. She'll be dissecting everyone's voices. <laughs> but she does not, for the record, she doesn't see dead people. She just has no, a different I just, just hear voices. <laughs> yeah, I love that. One of the things that you mentioned was that really using your voice to empower and heal others. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, here we are talking about using your voice with sales, basically to influence outcomes to our favor, right? Mm -hmm. But when we start talking about using your voice to heal and empower, what do you mean by that? So ironically, Elizabeth, I was actually raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak. It was an extreme version of children are to be seen and not heard. And as a result of that, there were some catastrophic events in my growing up years because I didn't know how to use my voice. But I knew that I could hear voice. I knew I could hear sounds in a way that I thought everybody could hear. But really, from a young age, I was learning to navigate silence. And so when I meet with someone, within seconds, I can 
tell where all their wounds are. I actually hear seven layers of sound. And it is in that seventh layer that I hear all the sounds that are not being expressed. And in the top six, I hear that their sister never believed in them. I hear that no one believes that they're good at anything. I hear their voice masks. I hear their imposter syndrome. I hear all the things that are costing them everything because they're putting on all these sounds to keep us out. And that ultimately leads to a lack of what I call inner freedom. People wring their hands and worry constantly and don't say and fear what they have to say and reframe how they have to say it and change the words and change the sound. And that is my mission is I believe that everybody was born perfectly with the most perfect voice and the world took it away. So to heal the voice, I want to pull away all those six layers of what the world said you have to be because you don't. Talk a little bit about those six layers. When you say six layers, or you mentioned seven layers, mm-hmm. what? give us an example of what layers are, are, are you talking about with the, I believe, the voice mask that you mentioned. Sure. Yeah. So the first three layers of sound that I hear in a voice, and this means and, and there was a 10-year body of research that I did on how the sound is being processed in the subconscious of the listener. Because when I started revealing what I could hear, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to make sure I'm nailing this if I'm delivering this. That's just an integrity piece for me. What I discovered in that was that I hear these seven layers and the first three layers of sound, and it's a little bit different for everybody. Somebody might have more of the top three layers than the middle three layers, but the first three layers of sounds that I hear, first and foremost, are the voice stories. And voice stories are, I'm bothering you. You don't like me. You don't think I'm any good. Children just need to be seen and not heard. I have nothing. Why am I so dramatic? I hear that in sound. And, And it sounds the size of a grain of sand. So I don't want anybody to be paranoid because it's all going down subconsciously. I hear, If you're trying to get it right, I hear if you're a perfectionist, I hear if you're focused on the words, certain character traits I hear in the first three layers, like outcome driven is one. Well, that's a great quality. But if you are outcome driven in your voice, you are there vocally. I don't know where there is. We've missed a connection point. Then in the second three layers of sound, I hear the voice masks needing to prove justification, people pleasing. Asking for permission, tentativeness, professionalism, cheerleader, all the different voice masks, and many of them are multi-layered. The people-pleasing mask is very multi-layered. It's the most prevalent. I hear those three layers. And then in that seventh layer, I hear your real voice and all the sounds that have been screaming to come out. But they so can't get out. We're actually trying to just elevate that seventh layer, bring mm-hmm. it up to the surface is what I'm hearing. That's right. And we have to pull away the all the yeah. that have an internal piece and an external sound. And this is why external voice coaching doesn't stick. I worked with a man once and he spoke very, very fast. And he came and he said, I know you're going to tell me to slow down. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to tell you to slow down or not. Well, we discovered when he was growing up, They would sit at the dinner table and the kids weren't allowed to talk. And the father would look at his watch and point at each child and go, your turn, go. So he had one minute 
So he, so he had to learn how to talk fast. He had to learn how to talk fast. And, and this was hurting him in business because we don't know what you know. You're the expert. And, and so it was this la, 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 da, 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 da. And he was losing people. Yeah. But it came, but it was that internal, external that combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes so much, because what you call voice stories and what I'm hearing is like our beliefs and some of those limiting mm-hmm. beliefs is what I'm hearing that are the really the, the stories that we tell ourselves that show up subconsciously in our voice. Tracy, have you found this to be true in your experience, like across genders, cultural cultures, ethnicities? I mean, it feels like it's a universal human conditioning, if you will. But is it have you found this to be true? And are there differences you found across different cultures and genders as well? I'd be curious to dig a little deeper because I'm thinking, is this like a Western thing or is this? across yeah. global the answer is yes and yes yeah and i would say at any given time at least 40 percent of my client base is english as a second language sometimes as much as 60 percent it does not matter who you are what you've done you can even be a multiple nine-figure entrepreneur you are still not playing all your shades mm-hmm. you are still not playing all your notes it is universal across the board because we all have a psychology of the voice. Mm-hmm. Then we do have cultural pieces. We have societal pieces around women and men and uh, many cultural things. I'm from Texas. There's a cultural thing around Texas that I just have to be nice, that I just have to be nice. So when I moved to New York City, where they have a cultural piece, it was very, very different. But my English as a second language speakers, I always see the consistent things in all cultural pieces. I've established a voice habit that comes from an internal place that says, I may not translate this right. And and then I've got external proof potentially from my life where I was made fun of when I didn't say it like an American would say it. And all of that is playing into our insecurities and all of it is playing into our voice. That's so fascinating because occasionally, actually, I I get people who reach out where English is a second language Mm -hmm. and they often get really nervous about, you know, stepping up their visibility online or using social media or going live or doing videos because their English isn't perfected or they have an accent or something. And there's a lot of self-doubt around whether or not they can truly be successful. And I often encourage them that there are people out there where English is a second language and they have an accent who are, you know, successful across every industry. So it is doing the healing work, doing the mindset work, doing the voice work raising your one's self-worth to ex- be able to express yourself in a way where you are still breaking through other people's barriers beyond maybe your subcon- you're feeling self-conscious about your accent, right? Or whatever. We all have things we feel, mm-hmm. you know, self-conscious about, but it's breaking through that barrier. So, wow, that's pretty powerful. Thank yeah. you for that, Tracy. Yeah. As we begin to wrap up, last question. What's the best advice that you have for anyone that is playing smaller, playing local? They're the best kept secret in their local town and they've been thinking 
about how to step up their visibility and expand their business online, what advice based on your experience would you share with them to really give them the inspiration and the courage to really step up online? I want to first go back to what I was talking about earlier, don't decide what we're thinking, because I find that to be a huge limitation as far as showing up and using your voice. Why would they want to hear from me? Well, you've decided what they're thinking. You've decided that they don't want to hear from you. And I will challenge that at every single turn because 10 years ago, I would have said, y'all need to get visible. That's what I would have said to my audience. Five years ago, I would have said, no, I'm not kidding. We've got to really get on this. Now I, I am beside myself with one, we are seeking connection and authenticity on a level we've never seen before. That means I have to hear your voice. The day of me reading your email or your tweet and that being enough, the data shows me is over. And I can show up if I'm not caught up in deciding they don't like me or deciding they don't want to hear from me or deciding you fill in the blank. But I'll tell you what was a big shifter for me many, many years ago. And it was a coach. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of coaches. A, a coach said to me, Tracy, you have two choices. You can worry about judgment or you can serve your purpose. What do you want to do? And that was a no brainer for me because I believe that everyone listening to this show, Elizabeth, for you, for me, every single person has someone out there waiting to hear your voice. There may be 3 million health coaches, but they're looking for you. They're looking for you. And they're not out there going, well, I, I hope they show up doing this, this, and this. <laughs> no, they're going, where's my person? And you can show up before you have it all together. 100%. I always say, you know, there's enough. People want someone who could relate to them, who hmm? either looks, and, looks like them shared common experiences as them, common values, language, everything. There's a flavor that every single one of us, and this is why I know I shared with you, Tracy, I'm so passionate about representation online because everyone deserves to be healed and they mm -hmm. deserve to find an expert that they feel safe on that healing journey with, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's me or you or someone else. And the more that we can step up to serve our purpose, like the advice that you're sharing with my audience, the more you start to make other people realize that they can give themselves permission to start healing, to start doing the deep work, to start showing up themselves, right? Yeah. Sometimes people just need to see. I often say this sounds completely like a cliche, but if I am possible, you are possible. The only difference between you and I is that I got started. That yes. It. Yes. Yes. And buy into what you know. I have a 35-year body of work. I didn't 34 years ago, but I bought into what I knew, not what I didn't. And well, I Tracy, built from there. I think you're still going to have a many years ahead of you with artificial intelligence coming out. <laughs> so I think that's going to have to be a different episode. That's a different conversation on, <laughs> on AI voices. And um, but I think you're going to have many years ahead. And I think that, you know, the importance of still being human 
and authenticity, especially in your voice in the day in the day and age of digital will continue to be the number one, like your number one competitive advantage in creating human connection and a powerful oh. brand. Yeah. Online. Thank Where you. People find you online, Tracy. I'm Captivate the Room everywhere except for LinkedIn. I'm Tracy Goodwin on LinkedIn, but the website is CaptivateTheRoom.com. The other social medias are Captivate the Room. That's, the, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you joining me here today. Thank you so much, Tracy. Uh, it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for having me. If you are leaving this episode feeling inspired to uplevel online and make happy sales happen, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Now go out and take those steps to build your legendary life. If today's episode sparked inspiration or you learned something new, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Stay motivated and get our latest happy social sales and legendary living tips by texting the word mindset to 651-565-6556. Each week, you'll receive a quick piece of mindset support to start your week strong so you can up-level online for more happy sales. All you have to do is text mindset to 651-565-6556 and you can find that number right in the show notes.